0: I do have, I, I, w- I was holding that because I do have our first ever physical ICBC question. <gasps> it happened? Yeah. Our first ever.
1: I've, set, I've tried to manifest it. Someone,
0: into, into someone, someone shoved a, I think, a flyer for a UGA after game day party into my pocket during the Susan show.
1: Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, the stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. Then <laughs> we're talking about the upcoming game of Cox. The game Cox are coming to Athens. The uh, the Roosters themselves, they're headed out. They've left Tijuana, the Tijuana that is South Carolina, and the cockfighting arena, and they have come down to Athens, Georgia. Uh, much like <laughs> I told you right before we were going to go on that I was going to make a pegging joke. And so here it is. Uh, Everyone's talking about Cara Della and her Peg the Patriarchy." Uh, uh, I said everyone. I don't know if everyone is. There are few, maybe few people uh, that are talking about it that also listen to this show. And I just want to say, we're going into this weekend. There's nothing sexy about nonconsensual sex. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, you want to talk about Della <laughs> It could be. It's spelled Della I know
0: it's but, spelled uh, De but, I am but an I'm an
1: uncultured swan.: I'm
0: fairly certain it's Della Vine, but it's OK.
1: Hey, Google, how do you say Cara della Vigne? You're right. Google said it. I'm trying. You might not me. have heard it on here, but Google told me. Awesome. So right, let's talk do uh, about this match.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so we usually start with our Wikipedia. We start with our subjective narratives for this game, how we're feeling, where our hearts are at, where we are in our walk with UGA Jesus. So um, just serve some historical UGA context. Jesus. UGA is currently winning this series 52 to 19 with two ties. That is a 7.726 win percentage for those of you keeping track at home. Largest margin of victory was 40 to nothing UGA in 1894. Uh, the largest streak for UGA was 10 in a row. Interestingly enough, the largest margin of victory for South Carolina was 35 to 7 in 2012. I was at that game, it was pretty miserable. Uh the largest <laughs> win streak for South Carolina was from 2010 to 2012, that was sort of in the, um, I guess, the, what I guess, heyday of the Spurrier area era. The best game in the South Carolina-Georgia series was in 2015 when we dropped 52 points on South Carolina and made that man's ass quit. We made his ass quit, but we also made his ass <laughs> specifically quit. Like in every series, uh, every, every meaning of the word, we made their ass quit. And then uh, made that Steve's- Made quit. Steve Spurrier, uh, you know, just straight up quit and retired uh, two days after Faded the game. It's It was one of my favorite games that I've ever seen at UGA. I hate this team so much. Well, no, I don't hate them. I don't really care about them until they beat us, and then I hate them. In terms of, you know, historical achievements, uh, this is very lopsided. In fact, like, the exact same spread as UAB UGA, just in terms of who has more natties and conference championships, etc. Did you know that USC? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you know this because this is one of my favorite USC facts. Did you know that South Carolina only has one conference championship, and it is in the SEC? Or sorry, it is in the ACC from like the 60s.
1: (laughs) I like that very much. South Carolina (laughs) was an ACC team.
0: (laughs) Um, Still is an Uh, ACC team. So far as I'm concerned. Yep. So. That's the sort of historical background. This is a team that has always been somehow managed to be both way worse than Georgia. But it seems like every one of those 19 wins that they have against us in 70-something tries, every single one of them has been, like, as brutal and horrible as possible. Every single one of them has hurt, like, as much as it possibly could hurt.
1: I just... I just want everybody to see. Uh, I apologize for those of you that are uh, listening to the podcast, not watching the video. But if you were watching the video, which we stream from now on, you could see my cat and my dog having one hell of a time on the ground behind me. Just this is like around. This looks like when up. the
0: Berlin Wall came down, and it's just like people yeah. from different this walks of life. Me, you yeah, know, this helps me believe that peace is possible. Yeah, here absolutely.
1: We could all live together, but here we are, just like Finn and Pepper. Spice Pub. Um, yeah, I mean, so this is something – this is interesting, too, because the the last time that uh, I went to a football game, I got to go into the field, which was very cool for Books for Keeps, and it was a South Carolina game in 2019 when, uh, af- after halftime, all hell broke loose, and, you know, I, it was the worst thing that could have happened. Uh, it felt like everything happened, so – um, I know that that's been in the, the news uh, a little bit as far as subjective narratives go. People have been talking a little bit about that and bringing that back up. Uh, and I don't think that that is going to be something that we repeat. However, it was definitely one of those situations where it was, it was a fluke. It was a weird fluke. And uh, uh, I, I'm not looking for flukes today. But I will say that uh, there are some questions we have later from Ask CBC folks asking, you know, If that did happen, what are all the steps that need to happen to get to that point again once more? And so we can go through that at some point. Yeah, it's quite
0: the Rube Goldberg device that you have to construct. It really is, yeah. So So other subjective narratives going on, though, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some news. So apparently Stetson Bennett has a strained back. uh, Per Mm -hmm. Kirby Smart at the... I guess, Tuesday press conference, uh, Stetson is repping, JT is repping, and Carson's repping. Stetson's actually got some lower back issues that he strained some stuff, but he's able to go, but I am not. I don't know if he's 100%. So, you know, knowing Kirby, God only knows the veracity of any of this. Um, I have heard that JT is much improved from where he was last week, but not necessarily 100% yet, but, you know, it just remains to be seen who... I mean, I guess it just is gonna come down to who starts at quarterback is gonna be based on you know, just who's healthy. I think if there's any chance of JT being not healthy for this game that he won't start. But mm-hmm. I can I could not swear. I I, I think there's like a above sixty percent chance it's gonna be JT, but I do think that they think they can win with Stetson, given that Stetson can go. Um Yeah. I do I do wanna address the sort of like I don't know, stupid hot take monkey in the room, which is that somehow (laughs) UGA has a quarterback controversy. And I want to be clear that UGA doesn't have a quarterback controversy. UGA has a very good second string quarterback who is not going to leave for a second time if he doesn't get the rest of the uh, the starts. So I, I, I think it's silly to act like that. This is anything but an injury, a backup injury. I mean, look, Stetson Bennett came, came back and stayed at one point when he was uh, fourth on the depth chart, right? So the idea mm-hmm. that he's going to, like, transfer is pretty ridiculous. And the idea that this is anything other than JT Daniels' team is also patently ridiculous. Now, you know, JT might have a couple of bad weeks, and then we're having a diff- different conversation. But Stetson came out and had about as good a game as you could get have against UAB, but that does not make him the starter. Um, and I think that people interpreted him starting over Carson Beck as meaning that there was somehow controversy which is just just not the case um Mm -hmm. and do you have any other takes on that before we go into the next news item and perhaps the most important no i mean
1: that's exactly right is that there is no controversy and and we i feel like we would be hearing more out of the actual team if there was a controversy And, and there's nothing coming out of the team right now so other than they are just doing work they're just doing what they do and and that's what's most important right now
0: all right so Last news item and I think you know the most important to all of us personally is that according to the all-state playoff calculator UGA now has a 69% chance of going to the playoff which as everybody knows so nice. is the best percent chance of going to the playoff. Yeah, it's a uh, nice number. It is also 69 days till Georgia plays Florida every day. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so <laughs> let's talk about stats. So if you uh, yeah would like to would love see to talk it, yeah. some of our lovely stats uh you could get on our discord by joining our patreon at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve this is mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. just now today you would have gotten access to some uh, a pretty monster stat update because your boy uh with the help of uh dogs dog undersource stats on twitter josh hancher your boy has access to all like forty-two thousand plays played in college football starting in 2019 to now and so i did some stat stuff so Um, these stats are not opponent adjusted and they do not account for small sample size. So I have a bunch of ranks on advanced metrics. These met, these metrical ranks are, they should be taken with a grain of salt, both because they're not opponent adjusted and because there's only two games worth of stats, but they do give us a good sort of like, what did you do with the schedule that you have? um, Basically uh, over the, over the first two games. And I, and I think they kind of reveal some interesting stuff. So, when georgia has the interesting yeah so when georgia has the ball i think the biggest thing is that georgia's uh, georgia's advanced stat metrics are still really suffering from uh you know let's be let's be honest and anemic offensive performance against Clemson. now while that performance probably you know you want to upgrade some of it because Clemson has a very good defense still you know zero offensive points on the day is not going to get you highly ranked uh georgia's epa rank Mm -hmm. is 83 just just for some initial definitions and you can look on dog sports for a better definition of this from dog stats, but uh, EPA is estimated points added. And it is basically just your, basically how many points do you add to your score every time you snap the ball? And simultaneously defensive EPA is how many points do you allow an offense to, to add to their score every time they snap the ball. EPA is very cool because it accounts for both explosiveness and uh, it accounts for both explosiveness and, your uh efficiency and it is a very good like one metric number for understanding sort of the contours of a game so currently georgia is 83rd ranked epa on offense they they were 121st or something last week so moving on up uh, success rate uh, <laughs> rank of 92 success rate measures your efficiency how well do you stay ahead of the chains and gain the yards that you need to to get a first down Explosiveness rank is 83 that measures basically how many points do you add per play so it, it basically just like it, it's a measure of how big a play how often you're getting big plays uh stuff rate rank is 75 that's how often do you have runs of less than one yard or less line rank is 95th that is how often or how many yards do you get just from your first few yards of every run your, your, you know that your line contributes to? Uh, Rush EPA is 114th. Pass EPA is 42nd. And then Havoc surrendered is 20th. So, so far in the year, UJ is not surrendering much Havoc. We're not allowing, you know, we're not turning the ball over. We're not giving up sacks or uh, fumbles. Uh, we have a above average pass offense. And basically everything else offensively is either bad or below average. Now, these numbers are pulled way down from uh, a pretty bad performance on, on uh, a couple of weeks ago. But still, I think it's, it's worth mentioning that, you know, still not ranked in the upper echelons. Now, this is a time when um, it's not so much small sample size as opponent adjustment. South Carolina has played two very bad teams. They played, I think, Eastern Illinois and then Eastern Carolina. Mm-hmm. They atomized Eastern Illinois and then... Uh, etched out a win against Eastern Carolina, we'll say by, I think three points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but on those two, they, in both of those games, they played pretty good defense against two lesser teams. So uh, second ranked EPA defensively 17th ranks or success rate first ranked explosive in rank. They're not really surrendering anything deep, which kind of makes sense. They, I think they have probably a, they know that they have some problems in, in the defensive backfield. So they're playing a lot of uh, like cover four, a lot of keep everything in front of you and then run hit downhill and tackle. Uh, which makes sense because their stuff rate rank is 48th. So they're not, they're not penetrating as much. They're a little bit above average, but not much 33rd line yards rank. I think that's a reflection of a little bit of talent on the defensive line uh, first ranked PPO, which is how often, th- how many points they surrender when uh, the opponent has the ball within the 40. So they're, they're really good red zone defense, rush EPA rank yeah. 19th, pass EP rank second havoc rank costs 55th. So <clears throat> this is, I don't know if we would say that this is a good defense, this is a defense that is has d- played very well against two bad teams, right? So, mm-hmm. And that is thrown off by, I think they had a shutout in the first game. It was like 70 to nothing or something. Um, yeah.
1: Well, it wasn't that high. Hold on. Uh, it was actually 20. Their first game
0: was uh, East, uh, Eastern Carolina, 2017. And then, no, that was, their, that was this week. This, was, that was week two. I oh, didn't I'm week sorry. One.
1: I'm mixing them up. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Week one, uh, they just... 46-0 to was the shutout. Yeah, yeah. To 0 So they had a shutout week one. So, I mean, what do I take away from this? I take away that the side of the ball that they still have some talent left on at the SEC level is the defensive side. They have... This is not a team that uh, UGA is going to necessarily be able to instantly walk out there and bully on the defensive line. So you mm-hmm. know, I think this is a team that might make some plays in the first half against UJ's defensive line, but I think they don't have the depth, and we'll get to that in a second. Now, when South yeah. Carolina ha- when South Carolina has the ball, it's a much different story. Um, South Carolina is pretty bad at offense, even with playing two bad teams. Seventy seventh EPA, seventy sixth. These are all ranks nationally out of 120 something. So 70 70 EPA, 76 success rate, uh, 74th explosiveness rank, stuff yards, stuff rate rank, 98th. That is bad. They have, yeah. they are one of the worst teams in the nation at allowing stuffed runs against ECU and Eastern Illinois. That is not good. 86th, um, nine yard rank. Again, they're not getting consistent yards up the, uh, with from their line. Um 89th PPO rank, so they're not closing out drives, 96th rush EPA, 43rd pass EPA. They are not running the ball worth a damn, and they're not pat they're passing a little bit above average. They're giving up uh the 71st ranked Havoc rank. So basically, like they they surrender Havoc at a pretty sharp clip, which does not match up well with Georgia's defense, which is the number one defense in EPA, 16th in set- success rate, second in explosiveness rank, 39th in stuff yards. Line yards is forty first. PPO, which is points inside of the forty, is first. Uh, Rush EPA, which makes sense because they still haven't discerned a defensive touchdown. Um, Rush EPA rank twenty first. Pass EPA rank third. Haveth ranked twenty sixth. So, the story this tells me, just from the numbers Hmm. without any of the subjective stuff, is that this is a team that you know UGA might have a little bit of. UGA might have some hiccups against this defense, which I think has some SEC talent. Um, I think in the, in the defensive line they have some guys who you know are pretty good. Uh, but this is a team that UGA should just UGA should just like atomize this team when they're on defense. Yeah, you, I mean this team. If this team scores a touchdown against UGA, it, it it'll be not a shock. But I, I mean. I think about it. It's about as likely that they get it, that they don't score a touchdown as they do. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just, just to like, it's, kind it's, of. No, go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's super interesting just to kind of look at these numbers, and you know, you go down the, 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 the first bit of numbers with Georgia on offense and South Carolina defense, and it looks pretty similar reading those numbers off back to back with South Carolina on offense and Georgia on defense but then you think about the two games that these two teams have both had and how like of course those numbers are fine with the context of knowing what teams they've played but then when you compare them against each other georgia and, and south carolina it it tells a totally different story uh w- yeah. which is even it, it's it's good it feels good it you know um and i think that you're about to talk a little bit more about the talent going on uh the, yeah. the talent both these teams possess and we can provide a little bit of reference for those numbers with so, uh the UAB game behind us
0: yeah and so a couple a couple of more things I know um somebody on the patreon uh, our our good friend Brody just told us that the South Carolina insiders think that uh USC might be starting uh, Luke Dotty or Doty who is there was their presumed starting quarterback before he got hurt and then Zeb Nolan who is grad assistant has had to take over these last two games um Luke Dotty is a sophomore who has had he had uh 71 attempts last year for I think two touchdowns and three interceptions. I don't believe he actually has started a game. Um, If let's see, no, he started UK UGA, uh, Missouri, miss uh, Ole Miss and Texas A&M last year and lost all of them. So, you know, Mm. I, I, I don't know necessarily that that's going to really improve anything for them. Um, Dodie was a guy who coming out of, um, coming out of high school, which was I guess two years ago. He was a four star. Came sure. out of Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know that a guy making like his sixth start against this defense is really going to do anything better for him. Um, yeah, yeah. That's from our secret South Carolina insider, uh, Bro Bro Ma, <laughs> not Ma. Is it Ma or Ma? I think I say Bro-Broma, bro-broma. but it's bro bro yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, bro Roma. That's from our secret South Carolina insider on the board. Anyway, so, I mean, how does this match up subjectively to what we know based on just, like, sort of outside factors? Well, USC has more talent than you think on defense, but it's depleted offensively. I think that matches up to the numbers. But despite mm-hmm. the stats, you know, which are affected by small sample size and lack of opponent adjustment, which I'm working on, you know, despite the stats, UJ is a far more talented team. Uh, per the team talent composite that uh, CFB data maintains, USB's team talent composite number is uh, 1,001.79, which is uh, second in the nation. It's only like .4 points under Alabama's. Uh, USC's is 747.88, which is 22nd in the nation, right? For reference, UAB is 92nd at 440.37. Um uh-huh. So like, this is a team that has more talent than UAB, but has not been playing very well. And I don't yeah. know that really that that's going to change. Uh, I don't, I don't want to tip my hand or anything just for frame of reference. Like if you, if you want to get into, you know, we, we used to always do SP plus on here, which I still like, you know, I think is occasionally very, very helpful there. Yeah. yeah. So after UGA, just like completely atomized UAB, right. What was it? Like 56 to nothing. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, we didn't do oh, seven. a fifty-seven to nothing. By the way, w- w- we do apologize that we didn't get a uh, review of that game in 56 a, to 7. Yeah, fifty-six to seven. We didn't get a review of that game there in because someone lost their phone, and yeah, did. we we couldn't do it. Yeah. So, anyway, after that complete atomization, UAB is currently eightieth overall on the uh, the power rank numbers that I take uh, that I have access to. So that is like basically an average of FPI, SP+, Female Ford, Sagarin, PFF, Massey. And then there's like five or six different rankings that I have, um, or eight or nine. So they're currently 80th overall on average on the power rankings that I keep track of after being autonized. And South Carolina is currently 67th. So Ooh. South Carolina is 0.81 points on uh, on average above Yeah. Uh, an average team, average. they're they're kind of just like a dead <laughs> average team, right? UAB, after getting atomized, is only negative point one seven or negative one point seven three, so they're only about two points or I guess three points worse than South Carolina. So that's all a long way of saying <laughs> that unless a lot of things go very very wrong, UGA mm-hmm. should beat this team handily. And honestly, if which you it, know, <clears throat> here's the thing: I get I've got It'd a lot of questions. Sir. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to qualify that because here's the thing. I've gotten a lot of questions this week um, when I was at Red Coat Practice and around, around you know people who just know that I do this dumb thing um, have been <laughs> asking me like, oh, well, is it going to be like 2019? Is it going to be like 2019? Like, and it's like, yeah. No. Well, see, here's the thing. We could lose this team, but it won't be like 2019. 2019, no. UGA had a really bad offensive coordinator with a bad game plan, and South Carolina had two future NFL high-level draft picks on their defensive line. And we tried to run the ball up the middle with a non-running quarterback on zone read, and we never kept it, and then we threw a pick six and we lost. That was a mm. predictable outcome, uh, and I said this afterwards, if I had been a little smarter and actually looked at some of the defensive talent on that team, that was a predictable outcome, right? That was a team that could not reliably push down the ball, f- ball, the ball down the field, either because they didn't want to or because they couldn't, Right. Whereas mm-hmm. this is a team that obviously can very reliably push the down- ball down the field and wants to, right? And, and will. It's, it, it's a team that's far more talented three, or three years later, and, it's, and we're playing a South Carolina team that's worse. We could lose to this, get to this South Carolina team, but it will not be like 2019. It'll be some no. weird – I don't even, even want to really outline it. It'll be some kind of like rapture thing. Like, if the first 35 most talented players get raptured off of UGA's, like, like mm-hmm. if the end times come and only the 35 best players on UGA's team are the designates who get to be with Jesus, then, yeah, we could lose this game. Or if there's yeah, some other think, kind of, yeah. if if, you know, if the entire starting secondary gets attacked because they're going to a petting zoo and there's a honey badger there, then, yeah, sure. We could lose this game, but like it's not going to be because of some secret thing that we all missed in the analysis. UGA is a better, more talented team than USC this year. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, the, I think the only way that that South Carolina pulls something together is if I, I'm not even going to say it. What I'm going to say is that I think before <coughs> South Carolina pulls a win out of their butt. The Georgia defense will score enough points to win this game. We will be fine, <laughs> is what I'm what I'm definitely expecting to happen. Because I was, what I would have said before is that if South Carolina wins this game, it's because it looks like the Clemson Georgia game where Georgia just can't get offense started. But I think before that even begins, or even if, before that's even a scenario that is possible, Georgia's defense will score enough points to win the game, and it'll be fine. Is is how I uh, am just kind of subjectively tilting my hand out, but. Uh, what are some some other things you really want to see out of this game, though, Nathan?
0: Um, I mean, I want us to run the ball because I, I, I think this is the best defensive line we've faced, and I think we need to prove that we can run the ball and put it on tape because we're going to be playing some better defensive lines going forward. I think we need to... I mean, we don't have to run the ball 45 times, but I just think we need to establish an offensive line rotation right? That that we feel like can run and pass block because right now... We have some back bo- We have some backups who can really pass block, project Jones, um, or who can really pass block, Amarius Smiths, but can't pass block uh, or can't run block. And then we have backups that can run block but not pass block, Broderick Jones. And then we have starters who can do like one or the other. So we just got to find an offensive line rotation and put some tape on the on on the field that shows that we can run the ball. We don't have to do it like fifty times. So we just have to show something. Um, you know, I think you just got to continue progress on the deep ball. You got to show that JT can do it just like Stetson. You got to start to get some of these, you know, you have weapons, right? Um, Maybe you get dominant play lock back. I would love to see that. I would love to see Keiris Jackson get some time, just keep on pushing the boundaries and, and getting, helping this offense, get its sea legs and define sort of like, what is this offense? Um, I also would really like us to score 35 plus points so that my stats aren't so messed up because right now I don't think I have like (laughs) a very good read on this team statistically because we had one game where we just didn't score. Um, and then finally, and I'm gonna say a bad word, so I'm very sorry. So mute it for a second. Here's your 15-second <laughs> warning. Finally, I Oops. you know, don't give up an offensive touchdown because fuck them. I fuck South Carolina, yeah. man. Like like let's let's just like deconstruct this team and send them home. Like like you know how you can like take a chicken apart, and if you're like all chefly and you're like making a cooking show, you like butcher a chicken, and you lay all the pieces side by side. And it's like they're all just like arrayed out there, all these different cuts that you've made. That's what I want to do to this team, and then we can make like some kind of like Coca Vin or something. Um, Ooh,
1: reduce that cock. Anyway, <laughs> that do you have anything <laughs> you even want to warrant see? warrant a response from I was trying to get more cocks in the conversation, but yeah. Oh yeah, like, I mean, uh, I mean, like I, I, just, I feel like mm-hmm. the
0: circumcised jokes are played out. We could have done a docking joke or like what's it called when you stick stuff in your urethra? A sounding. No, is that sa- sounding?
1: Ooh. Yeah, whenever I remember what sounding is, it upsets me.
0: I just want um, to sound them. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just straight up, just toothbrush up on in there. That's what Alfred Kinsey was into, who made the Kinsey scale. Just a little well, bit. of what? There's a little bit of sex education trivia. Also, the Kinsey scale That's is very problematic. True. That is 100% true. The toothbrush piece? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to move
1: on before we get. This is not what this show is about. But now I'm no, curious. No, no, I'm and not. going to ask you about it later.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, Alfred, you. Ki- you're, you're actually googling it. That's what. You're yeah, doing no, about. no. Alfred Kinsey made a habit of inserting objects into his aretha, initial drinking straws, before moving on to pipe cleaners, pencils, and finally a toothbrush, for punish to punish I'm himself Alfred. for having homoerotic feelings, which is why he's kind of a problematic oh. person in the history of psychology. Yeah. But anyway carry on there's your That's trivia sad.
1: there's a little bit of tri- trivia for you we got some over-unders let's talk about some over-unders uh, all right, you give me one we well, <laughs> we just have yours on the notes right now so well what i'm saying um, is you give me one i was trying curtain. to set you up
0: yep. to make you look good
1: no i don't need to look good all right fine over tired, under mostly, over under 3.5 uga sacks I think we're gonna keep this train rolling, right? Uh we talked about it last week that we didn't think I, I didn't think that we would get that many sacks out of the game and we still I believe had three on the day uh with UAB and and I think playing an SEC team and setting the tone for the season I think three is is the average at this point and four
0: seems good and reasonable. I think <clears throat> I don't think this team's gonna be able to run the ball worth a damn. And I think they're gonna be down early and they're gonna to have to throw because that's what they're better at. So Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. I would say this is this is a windmill slam over. All right, you read the next one.
1: (laughs) Two and a half running back TDs. Is this UGA TDs or running back overall? No UGA, sorry. Okay, specifically UGA TDs. Oh yeah, I think that is. uh, uh, I think it's a two. I think it's under. I think it's under. I think. We saw something really special last week with Stetson Bennett and our passing game. And I know this is going to be a team with a lot better defense and a lot more talent, but I wonder if that's more indicative of what we may see from now on. I know you want All to right. see the day ball well, run, but well, know, hold we'll on. Let me, let
0: me ask: What does it change here? Yeah, answer if I make it one point five?
1: Yes, I say over for one point five. I think it's a two-run, uh, a two-runner uh, run
0: TDs game. I'm going to take it i'm gonna take 2.5 uga hasn't had a lot of red zone possession so we haven't had to run in the mm-hmm. red zone really at all um and that's because we were either scoring big we were either scoring deep balls or we weren't really moving the ball at all mm-hmm. over the past two games i think the yeah. i think the running backs are too talented not to get more involved i think we're going to see a lot a healthy to kendall milton kenny mcintosh and you know i think we could also hit this just because like i think that Kindle Mac, you know Kindle Mac and uh, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh and James Cook could all have a reception touchdown and get this. Mm. Yeah, all right. I mean, it could definitely happen. Finally, over or under nine point five Vandergriff snaps. So what? I, <laughs> you I just guess want what to happen. Well, no, I I guess this is more me asking like, how badly are we going to be beating these guys? Because we're going to have to be beating them pretty badly for them to put in Brock Vandergriff.
1: Yeah, I think we see. I I see a world in which you know we see a, a more Carson Beck finish the game than we see us going all the way down the list like that. So okay, I, I think it's under. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say you're ready for him though, aren't you? I mean, I'm not necessarily ready for him. I just think that's a cool question to see to like gauge how you think mm-hmm. the game's gonna go. Because yeah. I think he might get to he might get like the last two drives when we're up like 30 something. If we are up 30 uh-huh. something. Um, I'm gonna say over, but I think I'm wrong. I got another one
1: for you. I got over under um, Brock Bowers one and a half touchdowns. Oh,
0: mm. that's good. I mean, any other year I would be like, he's a tight end, it's an under, but like, yeah, they they clearly want there. to feed him. They clearly want to feed mm-hmm. him. I'm gonna take over because I think he's a special player, dude. I think I think Brock Bowers. Yeah. Did you see that Brock Bowers had the second highest, um, second fastest mile per hour run time per the GPS stats? Wow, I did not see that. He that's, was the second fastest really cool, player on the. He was the second fastest player on the field in the nation last week on his 89 yard touchdown run. It was like 22.1 miles per hour, and the and the most the he didn't fastest need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and Lad McConkey almost caught him. So, that's yeah, I'm going to say, over. yeah,
1: that's absolutely wild. Okay. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'll say over as well. I like it. I, I like what he's what he's doing, and uh, I imagine there will be better coverage now that he's come out as a as a weapon like he has uh, in the last week. But we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll say over as well with you. So paint me a, a beautiful picture of this game, though. This game is uh, in Georgia's favor considerably. I don't think before last week's dominant performance we would have seen a game with a spread like this. But Georgia covered. Uh, the the over uh the spread itself uh, with its own points last week so um, we're going to see some more inflated offensive stats going forward i imagine this game is 31 and a half points in georgia's favor uh so what do you think this looks like in practice
0: i i'm calling this UGA 42 uh South Carolina 10 i think South Carolina is probably going to get a late touchdown and the second team i just i just think UGA is going to win this game and i think maybe I think the worst case—not worst case—but I think the negative outcome when I get this one wrong is if UGA kind of like stutters offensively because they have a better defense, but their defense is not as good as Clemson's.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so no. I or they're not as talented as Clemson, right? So, I mean, like right now, Clemson still had Clemson is still like you know a twenty-point over-average team. Yeah, so I, I I just can't see them holding this this defense this offense down the entire time. Yeah. I
1: think, yeah. I mean, if we get the run game started, we keep it through the air like we did last week. And we, I mean, I I feel like this isn't a game that we can just rely on explosive plays like we did last week. And if we can, then great. That's a great. That's something to look forward to the rest of the season if we're able to do that with a SEC opener game, where you know, with a with a coach that wants to uh, to prove something and a team that wants to prove something against this Georgia team. So, uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see a game with that much of a spread and. I just I don't know I, I think that we're probably going to now become a touch more conservative. I am not comfortable yet saying that this is our new identity of like we beat the pants off teams. I think that we're still going to see a game that's more like a twenty-eight or thirty-two to ten um, rather than the forty-two to ten. So I'm I'm going to sit on
0: thirty-two to ten with Georgia coming out and, uh, in the lead. I think that's totally reasonable. I mean I, I think. Uh I I wouldn't say that I I wouldn't say that Kirby hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt but I would say he hasn't quite mm. yet. He hasn't he hasn't done enough to 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 show us that this is definitely the way the team's going to look from now on. Right. Yeah. And he can.
1: He can absolutely do it. It's yeah. just a matter of will he week to week um this early in the season with the injuries that we have right now like is it worth it to just kind of do it or is it something that's just you just do now you know I, th- I think that sometimes you i don't know We'll we'll, we'll see this is might be a, a very different team uh, we've said that before but uh we'll see how how true that that is now going forward but so we have some questions
0: yeah it's everybody's question? it's everybody's favorite segment ask cbc how do you get on ask cbc you either get on our discord at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve or you get yes. on to Twitter and you tag us with hashtag SCBC. either way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are the very many ways. I did get a Gmail email. Did uh, you really? A good old-fashioned email. You can also yeah, Gmail us. One of these are in there.
1: Yeah, which I will be honest. I don't check it often. I checked it this week, uh, and so that was uh, that just kind of happened. Um, and and it was it was fortuitous timing I will say and uh, somebody from our Discord just said or you put a note in Nathan's pocket as I do have I enjoy. I was
0: I was holding that because I do have our first ever physical ask CBC question <gasps> it happened yeah our first ever I've said se- I've tried to manifest it someone into, into someone reality. someone shoved a I think a flyer for a UGA after game day party into my pocket during the oh. season show. And that someone was Jonathan Ashley and James Bearfield, so did you go? Did I go to the Sousa show? <laughs> yeah, yeah the I after was... show. I'm joking. The after party? no, I, I did not.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't think you did, but you never know. you know. Do you want to start us with that one, or do you want to get to that
0: one? uh yeah, let's start let's start with one with, with that one. there are two okay. There are two questions here. One of them is the one, one of them is, why are the Sousas always late to the Sousa Show? And the answer to that is, Jashley, you used to be a Sousaphone player. You know they're all idiots, even the smart ones are idiots. And we have to warm up. And for some reason, we always play the whole Sousa show like fifty feet away from we play where we play the other Sousa show. I don't know. We got to stop doing that. I don't know. Anyway, so that's why we're always late. And the other one was, I mean, what is well, your? F-
1: I was gonna say if they're late, they're not. I mean, it's the Sousa show. It's in the name. It starts when they're there. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like, really Sousa late.
0: players are like wizards. They're never late. They're, they're never early yeah, either. They, they're, they always arrive, they arrive exactly, exactly when they, they want intend. to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, that's, that's why. And my favorite Sousa Show song, and for the record, if you don't know what Sousa Show is, if you come to the Tate Bridge, not the Tate Bridge, I'm sorry, the Sanford Bridge, uh, about usually oh. about three to four hours before kick, Uh, Right where the obnoxious uh, preacher stands and preaches, you can see a bunch of sousaphones play a bunch of music kind of at the preacher. Um, We're not doing Uh that because he's there. We're just doing it because he's in the way. And, yeah, it's about 10 to 15 minutes of pretty good sousa show music or sousa music. And sousa just playing, like, four-part tuba harmony or whatever, which I think is really fun. And to answer your question, my favorite song is Misty Mountain Cold, which is a song originally from Mm -hmm. The Hobbit. Which was then adapted and put to music for the Hobbit e the Hobbit animated series and was then put into those horrible Hobbit movies that they made so i I love our version of Misty Mountain Cold I think that it is it is a song a song that Sousa's were just designed to play upbeat misty there's, yeah there, there's an upbeat section too that's really good too oh I didn't know that part there's mm-hmm.
1: there's an, there an episode from two years ago uh, where I went to a game and actually I have some audio of that song from the Sousa show uh, I might try and pull it up but um, it is very good. It's very, very good. So, next question. Is that all the questions from your pocket? Your pocket questions? Yes, that is all <laughs> my pocket questions. <laughs> Nathan's pocket questions. The first question, uh, other than pocket questions, comes from Lowdown Bamboo Dog. What do y'all make of the QB succession beyond a game or two uh, backup situation? Beyond a game or two backup situation, excuse me. In that case, clearly Stetson gets the call, but looking longer term, what do you guys think? So, if I understand this question correctly, what do you make of the QB succession beyond a game or two with a backup? Um, and after that, does Stetson continue getting the call um, long-term?
0: Yeah, so next year. I mean, it's very interesting because, you know, Brock Vandegriff is a very good runner. He probably has less arm talent than – I'm not like a QB guru, but what I my understanding is that Brock Vandegriff doesn't have quite as big an arm as Carson Beck. Carson Beck definitely has the most experience. I think a lot of people would tell you that maybe the most naturally gifted, sort of like future-proof quarterback that looks like sort of Patrick Mahomes type is Gunner Stockton, who's going to be a freshman next year. Um great name. Yeah, excellent name. I mean, talent-wise and ex- you know, experience-wise, I would say Carson Beck is probably your guy. Um, just because he's got experience and he has a big arm. He's, you know, your typical pocket passer. And it's gonna be really interesting because if Brock Vandegrift can learn, you know, can can start making the throws, which i think theoretically he can, i just don't think he has quite the rocket that, you know, some of these other guys do. He brings he Brock Vandegrift would bring a different dimension to UGA's offense yeah. just in, with his ability to move, move move the pocket around and same thing with Gunnar Stockton. I mean, Gunnar Stockton is I'm not saying he is as good as Patrick Mahomes or anything, he's not, but he is like he, he has a similar throwing motion to Patrick Mahomes where he kind of just like wings it out there with his upper body. He doesn't really set his feet. He throws on the move. He throws from a bunch of different weird launch angles. He's a little short, but he can run. He can move the pocket. He's deceptively fast and he just has a freaking cannon. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a good answer. I'll be honest. Like I, I, I think, <laughs> I think it really just depends on development, right? I think if, I think that if everybody takes the same amount of steps forward, that it's probably Carson Beck. But I think there's a world mm-hmm. that's not that hard to imagine where Brock Vandegrift just like takes off.
1: Yeah. We actually have a, a sort of follow-up question to that here. Uh, this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, during our live show chat, we have uh, Brent Bishop asks, do you think there is any possibility that JT Daniels isn't actually the best QB on our roster?
0: Um, well, no, because the word best is really hard to like, what does that mean? You know, I mean, if best yeah. is a combination, a, yeah. if best is a combination of experience and, and talent, then he is the best, right? Because he has the most experience and combined with the highest level of our arm talent. So yes, mm-hmm. I, I think he's the best, but I think that uh, does he have the highest ceiling of anybody on the roster? Maybe not that's the better question i would say yeah because i think the, the the
1: you play the qb that can win today is the idea and jt daniels if by that definition that definition he is the best i would say he can he wins today uh higher ceiling that's a different question though yeah mm-hmm. um next question from irk russell who scores more points this game uga defense or scd offense mm. i think it's a uga defense maybe. yeah i kind of i kind of think that too yeah, yeah. I could see uh, another defensive touchdown in this game. Yeah. We're Mm -hmm. getting pretty good at it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and if we're, if we are going to, to keep them low or shut them out, like, uh, and and really satisfy the, uh, the deepest, darkest bits of Nathan, then uh, yeah, I would like to see that happen. The rage. Oh, the rage. The rage. (laughs) In the spirit of game week against the directional Carolina Fowls, where is the best place in Athens to get non fried chicken? And what is your favorite
0: non-fried chicken meal? Mm. Non-fried chicken. It's a weird, weirdly specific request. This is this is actually
1: really important because every time that Anna and I go to say like the National or uh, somewhere you would say is like a a more upscale, like a fancier experience, um, Anna has a like her move is she gets a bunch of different like starters and weird stuff that way, but then she. If she's been there before, she or if she has never been there before, she always gets the chicken, because no matter what, at that place, it's going to be the best chicken you've ever had. Right. <laughs> uh, because it's just a pretty typical meal. It's a pretty easy thing to do, and it's not because she's picky by any means. She just knows it is going to be the best thing, uh, best chicken she's ever had. And so I will say, best non-fried chicken in Athens is uh, the national. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean, chicken. It's fantastic.
0: If you just mean like a dish that is centered around chicken, I would I would agree. I I think I think that to me I I I'm just really into Thai food, and I think Siri Thai's mm-hmm. curry chicken is insane. So that would probably be my vote. But if you want like just a meal yeah. where the chicken is the center of it, yes, I agree.
1: And, uh, yeah, the, the non-fried chicken meal, like, like you're saying, um, for me right now is La Careta, which is the, 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 cart next to Aguilinda while Aguilinda is being renovated. They have a quesabiria, which is just absolutely to die for. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, tortillas that are pan, pan fried and then they sprinkle cheese in there and then, uh, like a, a, a marinated and like slow roasted and cooked oxtail and you dip it in, uh, like a. Uh, like an oxtail jus, which is a, it's that's the beauty, and it's mm-hmm. outstanding. It's the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. Uh, go do it right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. R one two three more. More with Stetson, the mailman Bennett, completing eighty three point three percent of his passes this past Saturday. I wanted to see how he compared to his main competition, the United States Postal Service. I see you've you've got some notes here. Do you want to take it away? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, no, I thought, so, no, this is what he wrote. According to the USPS Office oh, of Inspector okay. General. Yeah, that that's his. Keep going. Okay. According to the USPS Office of Inspector General, the Postal Service
1: successfully delivers, aka completes, single-piece first-class overnight and two-day mail on time, 96.6% of the time. And with the USPS beating him by 13.3%, does Stetson deserve his nickname? What lessons could he learn from the USPS? <laughs>
0: I mean, don't let corporate shills take, over, take you over and make you mm. way less efficient. Yep. So maybe watch out what agent that you sign with there, Old Stet. Um, old Stet? <clears throat> Louis, DeJoy, Louis DeJoy sucks. Uh, I don't think he can learn anything, man, because he's, he's rock solid. I mean, I guess, I guess if he wanted to really lean into it, he could really like, try to adopt and get some more of that, that fashion style. But I, I think Maybe he's in chambray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he. But I think he's he's doing doing just fine. You know, he might not be mm-hmm. USPS, but he's definitely better than like DHL at this point.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen him throw a ball clear over the mountain, so yeah. I like to see the USPS do that. Yeah, hard to imagine. <laughs> Sam asks, describe a scenario where UGA loses this game. Exactly how much has to go wrong for this to go full <clears> twenty
0: <throat> nineteen? I mean, several serious injuries to starters which is possible, Mm -hmm. but to me that that's really what it boils down to several (laughs) serious starter injuries. So I'm talking, not just like a quarterback or two. I mean like, like your offense just gets decimated with injuries this week. I,
1: I, I look, I read ahead and I saw a very good question I'm excited to get to next question though. Austin MS. Why was uh, Williams Bryce stadium built from an erector set?
0: Uh, well, because it looks like a roach. It's a, it's actually, it was originally a, a giant erector set model of a dead roach and they just put the stand really? on top of it. <laughs> it does look like a roach. Is it, that the, right? The lights, the I've lights look overhead. like there's like six sets of lights on it and, and they look like, like sort of curled up legs. And so if you look at it sort of and blur your eyes, it kind of looks like a dead roach to me. Oh, it does. It does though. Yeah. Yeah. I we always, uh, Kyle Andrich, who was one of the guys that I was in Susan's section with, he would just always call it the roach.
1: It's a roach on its back. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, next see question it, from Babe, uh, Babe Lowski. Babe asks, how excited are you to see Must Champ Sucker Punch, Shane Beamer midfield after the game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's totally uh, possible, huh? Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that very much. uh. uh that's a good image. Uh, Morgan Lee asks, we'll be, in town. we'll be in town for the game, but also want to watch some of the Bama-Florida game beforehand. Best combo of good beer, food, and TVs in Athens, even if not downtown. They'll prefer north slash west side of town. Cheers and go
0: dogs." I mean, um, I, I don't have a lot of experience here, but like I think breweries are always a good move. Um, oh, yeah. They usually have a lot of room. Most of them have food on game days. I, I'm pre- I know Terrapin does, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Creature Comforts does as well. And those are both on Creature the north side. Creature usually of town. does. Yeah.
1: yeah, I would also suggest if you want to go a little bit outside of downtown, then go over to Authentic. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, go to All Good.
0: All Good is one of my favorites. If you're going downtown, go All Good's very good. No, it just depends on what kind of vibe you want. Like All Good's going to be packed. Mm-hmm. If you want some place where you Ooh. can have some room, Terrapin's pretty good. Um, Authentic is also decent for that. What were you gonna mm-hmm. say?
1: I was gonna say there's a newer place uh that is i will i will preface this with it's very uh very fratty uh but there's a lot of space and so you can kind of do your own thing Paloma park is the new sp- it's the space where max was R.I.P., okay and uh I'm bringing this up because they have that huge outdoor area and on the opening um game they had a humongous uh set outside it was huh. like 30 or 40 feet tall screen outside in that outdoor patio so Hmm. that's something you're you're interested in uh dabbling in go check it out interesting yeah the food's fine they've (laughs) got beer it's adequate yeah (laughs) it's it's food yeah it's good food uh it's not you know my favorite food but it's good food and uh this is our gmail question from leah Lukens. i'd love to know your enneagram type as a type five i absolutely adore how you break the show into subjective narratives and stats do you want to go first? And sure. I I haven't done this in a long time um in Enneagram, but I think I think I'm correct in saying that mine is a 2, meaning I am the helper, uh caring interpersonal type, generous, dem- uh demonstrative, people-pleasing and possessive. And then I had like a a wing into uh 3, 2 wing 3. So like the host or hostess is that
0: one? Um so that's kind of fitting my general feel. What so you? my top three, I am tied, so I guess I have a wing as well. My number one is eight, which is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational, which sounds kind of like just asshole to me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I respect it, and it's accurate. And then I'm tied with that with the helper uh, the caring interpersonal type. And then my third one, which is only three below those two is the enthusiast, which is the busy, fun, loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible and scattered. Um, I always get the, what's the one where it's just a bunch of letters, Myers Briggs. I am the Myers Briggs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an ENTJ, uh, in Myers Briggs. And if you look at the people who were also ENTJs, it's like Hitler or whatever, (laughs) And it was just like I, I, it was just like a bunch of people who were awful, and I was just like, like Gordon Ramsay. I guess she's, he's not actually an awful person. It's Steve Jobs, like let himself die from cancer. Margaret Thatcher, number one hag. Uh, Frank, FDR. Okay, cool. I'll take FDR. Jim Carrey. What the hell is that? Um, okay, Harrison. <laughs> what Ford. do I do with this? Okay, Harrison Ford and Malcolm X. I, I'm good for those two. Never mind. And then Doctor Strange. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the first three or four, I was just like, I don't, I am not Margaret Thatcher. I would, I would punch Margaret Thatcher in the face if I saw her right now. Anyway, yeah, man, mine is right off the
1: back. Mine is way better. Just, uh, I am an ENFJ, and I got Barack Obama, I got Tupac, um, AOC, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Those gonna. i four. They give me right. Off I'm the gonna top.
0: lead. I'm gonna lead into the sign that's like into the side that's like, FDR. Steve Jobs is fine. Yeah. Harris, but mm-hmm. FDR, Harrison Ford, Malcolm X. Stephen Strange. Those are good. That that's respectable. Stephen Strange is cool. Tony Soprano is a mass murderer. (laughs) Is all I'm saying. That's fine. So So is Francis Underwood. Mass murderers are ENFPs. Oh boy. Uh, ENTJ. River Tam. River Tam. Fire in Fire of Firefly. Her whole personality is that she has a mental illness. Miranda Priestly. The whole in Devil Wears Prada. The whole point of her character is she's awful. Anyway, I'm just I'm ranting. All right. Carry on.
1: Let's hit our. uh, our final segment of the show, the Dr. James Beerfield Troll Corner. This is the one that's presented by Cheerwine.
0: It's the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, 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 TM. TM. Just for the record, it is not presented by Cheerwine. Don't sell it. Don't sue us Cheerwine. Carry on. <laughs> it's sponsored? Brought to you? I don't know. Uh, it's here uh, because it is, we it, like Cheerwine. It is on the same point. Like, when this segment was walking through the sand and there was only one set of footprints, it was because Cheerwine carried it. Oh, yes. Cheerwine was there also. Uh, <laughs> number one, first question. Is it a taco or is it a sandwich? It's both baby. Yeah. Both. Why, why, why do both things baby. gotta be two things? You know,
1: it's like a stool is a chair, but not all chairs are stools. A taco is a sandwich. I don't know. Not all sandwiches are tacos. I think yeah. this is important.
0: It's not that, it's not that complicated.
1: With stuff between two things that are the same. Yeah. That's typically it, a sandwich. It's just
0: got, it's like a, it's like a debate nerd thing to like pick something and argue mm-hmm. about it arbitrarily. More importantly though, is cereal soup no why because i said it's not i'm not a debate nerd i don't get i don't have to explain that to you <laughs> incorrect cereal, cereal soup baby no cereal is for munchies in the morning and making me feel good soup is for it's cold times soup? no gazpacho can suck a dick next question gazpacho is just salsa
1: mailman for heisman that's the next question
0: yes carry on <laughs>
1: Give it to him. A one game. Over, under, one and a half more regular season games without our defense allowing a touchdown.
0: Ooh. I'm going to say under. But see, here's the thing. If you get to one, you're probably going to get to two because you're playing Vandy next. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm still (laughs) going to say under. I think South Carolina might have a touchdown in them. Give it
1: to him. That's fine. Uh, Number four: Use a poem to describe the emotions you felt when you say
0: my (laughs) face in person. I think you said saw "Saw my face in person. My face in person. Um, So Li Bo was a, or like Li Bai was a Chinese poet who was famously known as the drunken poet, who was like Mm. super big into like getting stuck outside in the wildlands because he was so just like hammered. Um, And so let's see. Uh, okay, Good Fellowship. This is by Li Bai. Um, <clears throat> Hast thou not beheld the yellow river which flows from heaven and runs rapidly down and empties into the sea, never more to return? Hast thou beheld the mirror in the hall that reflects the grief of white hair? In the morning it is like black silk, in the evening it will be covered with snow. While we are in the mood of joy, let us drink. Let not the golden bottle be lonely. Let us wait not, waste not the moon. So yeah. Hmm.
1: There you go, baby. Final question. Are Spike and Harry Dog considered furries?
0: If so, do you think they've ever kissed? So in 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 I don't think Spike is, because I don't I don't I don't think Spike is of the age of consent. I think Spike's a baby. Right. Spike's Mm -hmm. a Spike's a dog. Uh Harry is hardcore a furry. Furries started out as mascot suits. Like Harry is the furry. He is the Aristolian like level three this is a furry you are a furry if you like this furry which is fine Mm -hmm. but he yeah he is have they ever kissed i think Harry dog is like spike's older brother, so probably like platonically they've kissed
1: yeah Yeah. also furries do not does not connotate sexual uh behavior or anything like that yeah Uh, yeah i will just say i'm
0: i'm just saying that like not like he is a furry and that's bad but just like Furries, the furry community, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the initial fur suits were originally mascot suits. So it's like yes, literally yes it's like literally one to one. He's definitely a furry. All right. Mm-hmm. This has been Chapel <laughs> that's Bell the Curve. Yeah, yeah, that's the show. Let's move on. We, this is a football, this is a football podcast, y'all. This has been Chapel <laughs> Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve, by email at chapelbellcurve.com, or at gmail.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at chapelbellcurve. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and a review. And if you loved it, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash chapelbellcurve. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast and join our growing community on Discord. We'll catch you this weekend in the Classic City. But until then... Go dogs.
1: Go dogs.